This is Starting Somewhere, and I'm Buffy Gorilla. During the making of Starting Somewhere, we spoke to some fantastic people, but we weren't able to include all of the wise words that they had to say. So releasing a series of bonus episodes of Starting Somewhere. And first up, we have Mary Trumbull, a client solutions manager at LinkedIn Australia. If you've ever wondered how to maximize your LinkedIn profile, this is the episode for you. Mary walks you through everything you need to know. My name is Mary Trumbull and I'm a client solutions manager at LinkedIn Australia. Have you done an internship? Yes, I have. I've done two actually. Two? Yep. My next question was, did you use LinkedIn to find those internships? Well... Because it was about six years ago, the first one wasn't through LinkedIn, but ultimately I was accepted because of my LinkedIn profile. Right. But what I did want to note straight off the top is that students is our fastest growing segment on the platform. So well and truly the times have changed over the past five years. So more and more we're seeing students getting on early, um, even from the moment, even year 12 students. So it's not just university students. Um, and the reason is because they're all trying to get internships. It is competitive, but the uh, the power of a network and the power of, you know, reaching out to people and, and getting in, in the door is, is super valuable. What are they putting in these profiles in year 12? Absolutely. So it all starts with, you know, uh, an image that sort of captures you. So forget the Facebook selfies, forget the Snapchat filters. They do not have a place on LinkedIn. Um, so just a professional photo starts it off. And then it's really just using LinkedIn. I guess the question we get is what's the difference between a LinkedIn profile and a resume? LinkedIn profile allows you to give more depth. They think, think about volunteering experience. Think about projects you've worked on at school. Perhaps you were in a leadership position. Perhaps you did some community service work. And all of these things are really important in giving the hiring manager or the recruiter a bit of an idea as to who you are as a person. Because the other thing we see is less and less about, you know, just hiring based on skills and ability. More and more, it's about the culture fit and how you will fit with, within that company. And it's a really hard thing to get across, you know. Absolutely. What kind of person am I? How am I going to fit in your culture? It's, it's, it's a yeah. question we've come across a lot. So from your professional experience, what kind of two or three tips could you give someone starting out yep. to kind of build a network? And how does LinkedIn play into that? Absolutely. So taking it sort of a step back, I think we we overthink what a network is and we often think it's people who are higher up than us and it's people that we only meet through jobs. But in fact, your network starts building way before that. So bit of a plug here, but if you jump onto students.linkedin.com, there's a whole handbook about using LinkedIn to to get your network and how to interview. So I'm going to read from this for a bit now, but essentially it's about you want three types of connections in your network. And the first starts with the advocate and that's someone that knows you on a personal level. Now we've all got those people. We don't need to start a job to get those people in our life, but they're your sounding board. So for me, it was my dad. So before I applied for a job or sent off a CV or a cover letter, it was, hey dad, do you think this would be right for me? And he would challenge it. He'd say, why are you applying? Does it look like it would pay well? Because that's not the right view to have. Or is it a company that looks like it's going to be really innovative for you, which is much more to your liking? So you start with your advocate and you can ask them questions about, you know, how a certain job will line up to your personal values. The next one is the strategic in. So it's the well-connected individual who might be a friend of a parent. It might be a former school teacher, or it might be someone that you meet in the workplace. So these are the people you want to pay attention to. It can be as simple as if you do start an internship, 
saying good morning to the leaders every day. Don't be frightened of them. They're just real people and they love that engagement because you never know in 12 months' time if your internship comes to an end, you can say, you know, hey, Rob, who might be the managing director, I'm still really keen to stay in this industry. Have you got anyone who can help me? Because I guarantee these people in these industries are so well connected. And then the third is the subject matter expert, so someone who can offer superior insight on a specific industry. So it it might be, you know, if you're looking to go into the medical field, it's someone who's really, really in the weeds there. If you're deciding between, say, you know, physio and occupational therapy, it's, it's the person that can point you in the right direction. So with all that being said, you do have LinkedIn, and this is where you can either, once you've met the person, reach out and follow their journey, Or you can even use the likes of the alumni tool. So jump onto the University of Melbourne LinkedIn page, click on Alumni Insights and see where former um, students have actually ended up. Reach out. The worst that can happen is someone doesn't respond. So that leads on perfectly to my next question. Is it kind of your recommendation to not connect to someone until you've met them in the flesh? So our rule generally across LinkedIn is don't, connect with someone unless you're going to have a reason to stay connected. So it doesn't matter if you've met them or not, but when you request to connect with someone, you can add a personal note. So it's okay to request a connection who you've never met, but just explain why you're reaching out. You know, it might be, I'm interested in perhaps pursuing a career similar to yours, so I just wanted to stay connected on your journey. Nice. Yeah. And it's the same when receiving connections. You know, it's it's not a numbers game. It's not about how many Instagram likes you get. It is thinking about, will this person be of value to me in the future? Am I interested in what they have to offer? And I guess reciprocally. Absolutely. Is it possible that I can be of value to them in the future? As a company, I mean, LinkedIn, apart from the connections, has all sorts of other tools, which I'm sure you know a lot about. But as a company, how can a company make themselves more open or transparent to interns? Yes, this is really a hard one. And I think it's it's something that's still changing. So five years ago, I proactively reached out for all of my internships that there weren't job offerings. They were just, I would find the company I wanted to work for and quite literally send them an email and say, I'm really passionate. I'm happy to get some experience. Have you got anything for me? Whereas these days, I think more and more companies are seeing the value of having these really motivated, energetic sort of millennials in their workforce. And so they are making it more of an official part. So, you know, you can now search for internships on LinkedIn, just put the job title in in your location and it'll it'll list everything up there. But I think really for the benefit of the company to stay young and to stay relevant, it should be in their best interest to have these internships on offer. And if they don't, don't let it hold you back. Just reach out because sometimes they don't know what they don't know. Absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting to hear you say that, you know, you looked for companies and reached out to them. What were you looking for? I mean, and tell me a bit more about that process. Yeah, so that was challenging. I mean, it was based off my degree. So both my, I did a Bachelor of Commerce and both my internships with whilst I studied, I wanted to incorporate some real world experience, which I highly recommend if your timetable permits. But I knew throughout my degree that marketing was somewhere I wanted to start. So actually, I did use LinkedIn as part of the search process. And and what I started doing was searching for jobs or searching for people that worked in the marketing industry or the marketing function, just to see what's out there. Because half the time you don't know. I mean, when we think of marketing, we think marketing manager or marketing coordinator, but I've ended up in sales, which is still marketing. So doing a bit of research, whether that's 
on LinkedIn or, or another sort of relevant industry publication. Who's being talked about? What companies are being talked about? Do you want something smaller or larger? So for me, I went for the media industry because I knew there was a real high energy vibe. It was very fast paced. And then I quite literally just built a uh, list of Melbourne agencies and just went in with my resume and said, this will be one of your greatest investments. <laughs> <laughs> And how did you deal with the inevitable absences of responses or outright rejections that came back? Because that, that's a that's a hard issue sometimes. It's really hard. And I think what was important is I gave myself enough time. Right. So I probably had about three months of, of rejections, but I wasn't on a time priority. It was still, I still had a year and a half left of my degree. So I think that's one mistake perhaps you can make when you're in uni is you get the degree done and then you start looking. You're already a step behind. Even if it's two weeks over summer, just get your foot in the door because you cannot learn business maturity and you cannot learn that experience that you get in a workplace. Business maturity? Mm. What does that phrase mean? Yeah. So... Things like how to hold yourself in a meeting, things like presenting. Do you move around and pace a lot? Do you stand still and hold yourself strong? The types of words that you use when you speak. So do you get into a meeting and say, yeah, like, I think like we'd be really great to have like more um, lunch breaks like, or can you actually deliver a suggestion with purpose? So those were the things that were really valuable to me in my internships. How did you feel when the first acceptance came in? It was very exciting and a little bit nerve-wracking all at the same time because the reality is with an internship, it can be quite hard if they don't have a set program in place because it's kind of like, what do we do with you? But this is where it presents a great opportunity for anyone with initiative and anyone who's just willing to learn X, Y, and Z. But for me, I actually just love the routine. So being able to catch a train into the city, and that was really exciting. Having yeah, having that purpose during the week to sort of balance the studies and then seeing my studies actually come into life. So I think at the time I was learning consumer marketing and I was working on a marketing campaign for yoga, which was very exciting. And so just being able to see that in, in play and, and come together was great. I believe they call that work-integrated learning. I believe they do. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it's incredibly popular and we've got all sorts of people talking about it. So that's yep. wonderful. What was your first internship, first day? Anything stick out in your memory? I remember being way too overdressed for a media agency. So <laughs> I think I had the, almost the power suit on just from what I'd seen on TV shows. And I rocked up and I think, the, you know, the average average employee was wearing Converse and, you know, some, some drop crotch jeans. So I learned pretty quickly that uh, it's not what you see in the movies. I remember there was free biscuits. That was an absolute novelty. <laughs> Family assorted, aren't it? So that was good. <laughs> <laughs> good choice. Um, I think the part I loved the most was meeting so many different people from a diverse range of backgrounds. I think, you know, uni does offer that to a certain degree, but it was the first time I just went, wow, like there's so many brilliant people that can offer so many different things. Yeah. And now you can stay connected to them for your entire professional life. Sure can. <laughs> Absolutely. If I'm a bit late to the party and mm -hmm. I'm just setting up my LinkedIn profile after I've done an internship, what tips could you give me? So first of all, I think the best thing you can do is actually just have a look around. So if any of your friends or your peers have a profile, just start with that because it can be overwhelming. It's a very native process when you set it up in the sense that LinkedIn will prompt you along the way. But the hardest part is getting the wording and the language right. So have a look at what other people have done as a bit of inspiration. You want to start with a really professional photo because, you know, first impressions count. Having a photo, first of all, just increases 
the engagement from, you know, people who are looking um, tenfold. And then you want to go through and add any work experience you've had and be really detailed about it. So, Even if you were a checkout chick, what did you have to do? Did you have to manage stock at one stage? Did you have to restock shelves? All these things, employers look at it from a holistic view, not at the actual skill level. So was she able to problem solve and and rapidly respond? Um, And then you've got your education. Be sure to note anything uh, like achievements or awards or committees you were on. And then basically, once you've filled out all the elements of the profile, that's when you want to go and finish with your summary. And your summary actually sits at the top. So it's that highly engaging first paragraph, first impression, essentially your elevator pitch, which is, you know, what would you say to someone if you had 30 seconds in an elevator together? And this is where I really encourage students to actually showcase their personality. So if you're a bit humorous or whatever it is, show that off because that's the impression you want to give. Um, You definitely want to talk in first person. So the only time that we see people talking in third person is if, you know, perhaps they are that real senior level and they've got sort of a PR team looking after them. But talk in your tone, talk in your language and tell them why you're there. It might might be that you are seeking job opportunities. It might be that you're looking to connect with like-minded individuals or that you're always willing to learn. Just be you and then the rest of the profile will complement. It sounds good. I think I have a, a black and white thinking profile shot of me kind of looking off into the distance like someone's stolen my bag and I don't know where it is. Um, (laughs) Another thing that I've been quite cautious to give out on LinkedIn is recommendations. Yes. For an intern, how would you suggest we approach recommendations? That is a very good question because recommendations are a crucial part of, of your profile, but they're really hard to get. I mean, I work at LinkedIn and I've only got one, I think it is, because sometimes it can be a bit daunting asking for one. So the best approach to take if you are asking for a recommendation, which there's nothing you know wrong with that, but why are you asking for it? So I had a colleague recently who's looking for a promotion. So she said, can you write me a recommendation based on A, B, C, and D? So can you talk to these specific things? So then I knew when I was writing, I had that in my mind and I had what the purpose was so that the recommendation was relevant. So for students, you know, if you don't have the work experience yet, you know, think about former teachers. A lot of teachers are on LinkedIn. And also often it is good to give a recommendation if you want one back as well. So it might be messaging the person that you're asking say, look, I really valued you when you did X, Y, Z. I'm happy to give you a recommendation in return. Would you mind doing this? The beauty of recommendations is you you can approve them before they go up. So it's not just a free for all and and you won't end up with some, uh, you know, crazy ex-boyfriend uh, leaving a crazy review. Absolutely. <laughs> this isn't TripAdvisor, is no. it? No. Absolutely. <laughs> we talked earlier about, you know, it's really difficult to show how you might fit in with a company's culture, you mm-hmm. know, if, if you don't know which company you're going to be applying for and companies look for that. So how can you use your LinkedIn profile to show your cultural attitudes, I guess? Yep, absolutely. So this would fall into your summary section, so right at the top. So off the top of my head, I think for mine, I talk about enjoying working in teams in a collaborative environment. I enjoy connecting with like-minded individuals, um, being inspired by others. So you can kind of talk to what type of person you are. So if there's a company where it is really about teamwork and collaboration, they're going to look for those keywords. You might talk about volunteering experience. So if the company has a focus on that, that's what they'll pull. 
actually just taking a step back, it's good to also research the keywords that the company uses when they talk about culture. So jump on their website, see what they talk about and start to be a bit clever with that. So for example, there's a big focus on uh, diversity at LinkedIn at the moment. You might talk to how you're really passionate about learning from different people of, of a range of backgrounds. Back to your internships. Yep. If you could give yourself, your internship self, a piece of advice now, what would it be? Oh, that's a good one. Mm. I would say during my internships, I should have nurtured the relationships that I developed more. I think when you first join, you're just so overwhelmed with everything. I mean, you even underestimate what it, what it means to go to a meeting and add value or not to add value. <laughs> Sometimes you just need to be quiet. <laughs> but for me, when I think back to it, so my very first internship was at a media agency, and this was back in 2011. Now, some of those people who I worked with back in 2011 are now on the other end of my job. I'm in a sales role at LinkedIn, working in the marketing team, and we book marketing campaigns. And often that goes through a media agency. Now, if I had actually nurtured those connections and those relationships I had, it would put me 10 steps ahead of the game right now. And it's not about using people, absolutely not. Ultimately, particularly in Melbourne, we are a society that's built on trust. And so strong connections and, and strong relationships with people is so important. So if I reach out and say, I really think LinkedIn is the right platform for you to tell people about the postgraduate degree you're offering, I want them to trust me. So in hindsight, I think I would take more time. And this is what I do say to people that ask me, take time to actually really invest in the relationships. Forget so much about the technical skills because they could change within you know 12 to 18 months, but think more about the people and think about the mentors that you could perhaps you know pull into your network. Starting Somewhere is brought to you by the University of Melbourne External Relations Team. The producers and editors are Buffy Gorilla and Ben Pawson. Our supervising producer and original concept is from Dr. Andy Horvath. Thanks to everyone who has made Starting Somewhere a reality. Stay tuned for future episodes.